What's good, Maryville? Welcome back to the Dropping Dimes Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Cooper, joined as I am every time by Perry Randall. What's going on this week, Perry? Man, it feels good to finally be back, man. We've been off for so long just because of the weather. But in the midst of that, you know, there's still basketball going on in California, Florida. Because, <laughs> you know, it's nice out there. So the people in the Midwest, we just got to watch it on TV. So, you know, I'm just ready to get back to it, man. We've had all these snow days and... The one thing the snow days have been good for is watching basketball and right. catching up on this basketball action right now. Because we haven't had a podcast now for, I believe it's two weeks now, right, Perry? Yeah. And we've missed out on a lot in that time. Going all the way back to probably the biggest news of the last two, three weeks now. Um, and that's the Chris Stapps Porzingis trade. Probably, in my opinion, the biggest trade before the trade deadline that happened. It happened about a week before the trade deadline. Um, and to just give us some background information on the deal, um, Chris Stapps Porzingis, he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks along with Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee for DeAndre Jordan and Wesley Matthews' ex- expiring contract. So, Perry, what was your first reaction when you first looked at your phone or when you first looked at the TV and saw that trade went down? Uh, I remember I was working out, and this guy comes up to me, and he knows I have a radio show. So he's like, hey, you hear about that Porzingis going to the Mavs? It's about to be done. It's about to be finalized. I'm like, what? You're talking so the Mavs? About? Yeah, I was like, what the heck? And then I looked at ESPN. I was like, dang, that's about to happen. And then I looked at Twitter because, you know, Woj, um, all those guys, Shams, all those people, they have all the inside information. So then I saw a tweet, and it says the, the trades that actually go through on trade deadlines uh, each year are the ones that aren't talked about. So that mm-hmm. told me that a lot of the trades that that they go through, no one ever knew about them. But, like, the ones of like, Anthony Davis, everybody was waiting for it to happen. It never happened. So that was an interesting tweet. But Porzingis to the Mavs, man, that just – to me, that raised his level of potential just being around Dirk Nowitzki. They have similar games. I think uh, Porzingis is a little more athletic than Nowitzki, but I definitely see his uh, potential skyrocketing. He definitely has a, a, a chance to be one of the best guys in the NBA whenever he gets healthy again. But like they said, he shut down for the rest of the season. But hey, next season, the, the Mavericks, man, they they looking pretty good, man. You know, I thought the Mavericks would be a team this year. I think we almost both did before the season started that might try to make a playoff push because they had some pieces. All right. I had thought all along that Luka Doncic was going to be amazing. I was, right. com- I mean, I, last year I'll I was give you that. last year. This is the one thing I can actually get right. I don't get <laughs> I don't get a lot of things right. Last year I was like. I've been I've been listening to a lot of experts, and a lot of people are saying that his ceiling is literally Larry Bird esque. All right, <clears throat> and I fully believe after watching what I've seen from him that that is possible. Being in that the Euro League is the second best basketball league in the world, they're like, can he play against college players? Well, college players can't even play in the Euro League, <laughs> you know. So <clears throat> I think this definitely elevates the Mavs. But <clears throat> the whole trade scenario, I thought the way it went down was so weird. Because we saw in the morning, I think, you probably got the, you know, the text or you saw from Twitter from ESPN that Porzingis and the Knicks were unhappy with each other. Right. And Porzingis wanted to be traded. And he gave a couple teams that he wanted to be traded to. I think the list was like three teams long. And then no sooner than two hours later, then he's traded to the Mavs. Now that lets me know that something's a little fishy here because a player doesn't just request a trade 
and then gets traded by lunchtime, you know? All right. I mean, just look at their record. <laughs> that, that'll let you know. They have the longest streak of consecutive home losses in NBA history. That is ridiculous. Well, they've lost 17 in a row now. Yeah, and I think that is terrible for the league just because New York is one of the biggest markets for them. L.A., New York, Boston. These are the teams that the NBA needs to do well if they're trying to make money. So that told me whenever that trade went down is just that, you know, Porzingis is unhappy. Um, Fizdale, he's a great coach, but I don't think he was the guy that's going to just make this whole entire change for this roster to just automatically be one of the top contenders to come out the East. So, and you know, I I was surprised that um, Dallas gave up DeAndre Jordan after all this time. Of trying to get him. That, that was crazy to me. <laughs> That's what Mark Cuban, he was like, get this guy out of here. Well, you this know? is amazing. <clears throat> he did that thing to them back when he ghosted them and went back to the Clippers. They finally got him, and then he's like, screw this guy. Ship him <laughs> off to New York. And then now New York's not even buying him out. So now he's going to be stuck in New York in that horrible environment. I, no, I like I like him there to try to lure in KD mm-hmm. um, next summer. I think that'll be uh, a piece that KD will look at and see see that he could possibly build around. So him, him uh, Dennis Smith Jr., I think those are some nice pieces. And then they have plenty of money to try and sign another player, maybe like Kyrie, um, Jimmy Butler. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that was my next question, Perry. When when I look at it from the Knicks standpoint, we're, or what, what do you grade the trade from the Knicks standpoint? Because a lot of people were really – not too happy about what the Knicks did, trading away their star guy for essentially cap space because they're going to have you know enough cap space to sign two max players in the in the summer. But my original thought of it was their track record hasn't been that great in the past with signing potential star free agents. So how do you feel that that's going to translate to the summer now that they have all this money? Did you like the trade from the Knicks aspect? Well, for the people that are upset with the trade. I'm just want to know what was they hoping for with this team? Like, like we said, they have 17 straight home losses. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so they're 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 awful. So with this trade, I saw it as a win-win for Dallas and New York, just because. So you did see it as a win for New York. I did, man. I still don't see it as a win for New York because if you look towards the future, or if you okay, sorry, if you look towards the past. And see what they've done in the past in terms of signing star free agents, in terms of missing out on LeBron, Wade, and Bosch in that year. You know, eventually getting Amari Stoudemire for like four months. Um, just all the free agent blunders that they've made in the past where they could have signed another guy. They signed the wrong guy to a big deal. I don't want the Knicks' hopes, the Knicks fans' hopes of getting Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to turn into, you know, Boogie Cousins and a and a Tobias Harris or something. Would that be bad compared to what they have now? It wouldn't be bad, but it's no KD and Kyrie. You can't compare what you don't have to what you do have all the time. And they're giving up their star guy in this whole deal. Hey, that is just fine. He wasn't playing anyway. it, It will work out for the Knicks if they can sign Kevin Durant or if they can sign Kyrie, in my opinion. Then it's a good trade. But I don't think yet. I think right now it's a bad trade for the Knicks until... We see what they get in free agency because that's what they were going for this whole time, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, you're right. I just think that, you know, a guy like KD, no one knows what this guy wants, to be honest. We don't know if he's going to resign with Golden State. I just see him 
trying to go to that market. He said in a, a uh, interview, he said that all he's trying to do is play basketball and make money. He wants to get as much money as he can in his next deal. He's and he already said that he really doesn't want to. He didn't say uh, exactly, but he, he kind of alluded to that he doesn't want to play with LeBron. And he's probably not going to go to the Clippers. So I could see him making, you know, a change of destination, go to New York, go out to the East, dominate the East. And a guy like Kevin Durant can easily um, try to lure in a guy like uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, any of those other guys, maybe even Boogie Cousins since they're playing together right now. <laughs> you know, Boogie Cousins signed another $5 million just right. to try to get another ring. Right. You never know. But I see it as a win-win just because nothing is going to change. If they keep on losing – they were doing that before. <laughs> well, speaking of Kevin Durant, I look at his situation, and I always have, as you got two options. You can either go to James Dolan's Knicks organization that's been failing for the last 30 years, basically, that hasn't really been in title contention since the 90s. Or you could stay on the Warriors with all these other all-stars, and you can create one of the greatest dynasties in NBA history. And to me, that's way more appealing than going out to New York. And it's always going to be more appealing to, like, fans. But for some reason, I try As to, a player, you got I, to, that's keep, still got to I be keep, so appealing. I keep trying to say it. I haven't really figured it out yet, but there's some, some idea that I'm working on is that winning is not addicting. Losing is more addicting than winning is. And I don't know why. And I really could see Kevin. When you lose, you you really want to win. Like, why why didn't it motivate Kobe and Shaq to win? They they knew they Wait, could. Are win. you saying Kevin Durant's getting tired of winning at this point? I'm saying that that's no longer a motivation for him. You know, he's won back to back Finals MVPs, clutch shots over LeBron. I think he's um, at the point now where he's like. You know, I, I see that the world is not going to see me as a number one guy anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and just do what I think is best for me. Just go play basketball somewhere else. I think the biggest appeal for Kevin Durant possibly going to New York, if they can sign him, from Durant's perspective is you couldn't get it done in Oklahoma City with Russell when you were younger. Right. You finally got it done with superstars. Now you're almost going back to that same situation you had in Oklahoma City. You're right. trying to do it by yourself again, maybe with one other star, say the Knicks get another guy. I think that's the biggest appeal for him because if he was upset that people didn't look at him as the greatest basketball player at that time after they beat the Cavs, then he'll probably be thinking, what can I do next to make people to think I'm the best right now and that's probably going to the Knicks and winning a title by myself instead of having all these other guys around me and I think he understands that the value of winning let's say um, six rings with the Warriors is not as valuable as winning two with the New York Knicks or, or even one at that point one Do I don't know I don't know though if they win if they rattle off six straight that's got to be but I mean, but everybody, not and not you, but everybody's going to be like, he had to go to that team to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't see why not. They have five All Stars, two two MVPs, and you know that bugs Kevin Durant. Too. It does. You you know he gets bothered by the media. Mm-hmm. The other day he just had a little spaz with the media mm-hmm. talking about what I do to you guys and all this stuff. So you already know he's bothered by the media. Mm-hmm. Well, now, well, since we're on the subject of Kevin Durant, what do you think of that? Uh, I mean, he had a point to be honest, you know, but I think he also is pretty sensitive. I think. When you're at that level, that just comes with the territory. You know, you're that good. 
the media is going to be on you. LeBron gets the same amount of pressure. <laughs> every, every time he misses a free throw, oh, he's terrible and all this stuff. Yeah. So it, it just comes with the territory. But at the same time, he's telling the truth. A lot of the uh, reporters, they're putting words in his mouth, talking about how he, he's not happy in Golden State mm-hmm. anymore. But then sometimes his actions kind of go along with the what the reporters are saying. So it's I think it's a twofold thing, but he's definitely not wrong. But I think if it was me, um, which I could easily say it. I'm in the studio, Studio C in Maryville, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think if it was me, I would just uh, try to tune that all that out, focus all of my energy on playing basketball, which you know he does pretty well. You know mm-hmm. he's got he's got an MVP <laughs> and a couple titles now. But uh, I I just see it as you know him just getting fed up, getting frustrated. But at the end of the day, he's winning. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what it comes down to. <clears throat> and another guy that's gotten back to playing basketball here in the last week, the last couple games or so, is Anthony Davis. That was probably the biggest storyline of the last two weeks since we had our last podcast, which was, are the Lakers going to get Anthony Davis? What are they going to have to give up to get Anthony Davis? Um, How much are the Pelicans asking? And none of it actually mattered in the end because no deal was done and no talks were even done for the last couple days or so. So what did you think of the whole pelicans lakers fiasco that went on for about a week and a half barry it was definitely entertaining you know oh it was entertaining as hell it uh, (laughs) it was very entertaining just to see everything but like i said earlier the trades that are are that are so public are the ones that usually don't go through Mm -hmm. and i saw that in the tweet and i was like man that's so true you know why i don't think they go through too is because like to be public, the team has to leak that these offers are happening. Right. You know, some a Pelicans PR guy or the GM or the president, they got to be leaking this information out to guys like Woj that this is the offer that we're getting. So <clears throat> offers when the offers aren't leaked, they're, they they probably have a higher chance of actually being happened because the team actually cares about getting the offer done right. more than they are about leaking the offer out. And I just think – with LeBron being in uh, L.A. and, you know, he's trying to win a title in L.A., of course, everything that goes on wherever he's at is going to get a lot of attention. Yeah. And, you know, there was the dinner that him and A.D. had mm-hmm. right after the game uh, over winter break. So there was just a lot of media attention going on. So, like I said, it was definitely entertaining. I never thought that A.D. was going to go to the Lakers right now. I will say that just because I didn't see the Lakers giving up Kuzma which they eventually did mm-hmm. in the offer. But then all I saw was the Pelicans just being unbelievably petty. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then, Well, they were doing it on purpose by the end. Exactly. And that's what Brian Windhorst <clears throat> went out and said. He said, uh, you know, they was just, they were just trying to get back at the Lakers for basically tampering mm-hmm. and trying to get AD, you know, yeah. him sitting out and stuff like that. Well, I mean, we've we've seen – the reason I thought the trade would go through originally is because we've seen Rich Paul, we've seen Clutch Sports pull this type of thing in the past. They're Illuminati, man. I'm like, sick of it. <laughs> they're like, hey, LeBron needs these guys, and then what happens, LeBron gets these guys. Right. And it seems like every single time they say that they want the guys, it, the deal goes through, the team's obliged. The Pelicans – I talked about this on the weekend sports kickoff. Like the Pelicans organization, the owner had has just recently passed away. So his widowed wife now runs the organization. They got a GM that probably doesn't want to be in this situation. 
And everyone, the media, the fans, the Lakers, they're basically all telling the Pelicans, you know, you got to accept whatever offer the Lakers put up. And they're like, why? Like, why do we got to accept the first offer that we get? And you saw they were like, after a while, they just started trolling them. They started leaking all the information out. They were mad about the tampering. And then that just caused a whole bunch of disrupt in the Lakers locker room. And now we've seen effects from that here in the last week and a half from the Lakers young core being all disrupted. I thought the the peak of the pettiness of the Pelicans, that was a little bit of alliteration right there, the peak of the pettiness <laughs> of the Pelicans. But uh, I thought their peak was when they took out AD out of the video, out of the intro yeah. video. Well, they took him out of the head, their header on Twitter too. It was ridiculous like – well, that's when I thought he was going to be traded. I was like, "All right, he's I was like, he's gone." Well, you know. I, well, I didn't know. I thought he would probably have to sit out for the season. They're going to sit him for the rest of the season mm-hmm. since he s- said that he wanted to be traded. But I was like, you know, he's he might still come back if this trade doesn't get well, go through. Well, now at this point, the NBA. I mean, they basically told the Pelicans, "You have to play Anthony Davis. All right. You're paying him. You got to play him." But the Pelicans, they put him on that minutes restriction because they don't want this guy to get hurt. Because he's still got another year left in his contract right. after this. So if he gets hurt, his trade value is going to go way down for the offseason if Absolutely. they want to make a deal with the Celtics or whoever they want to make a deal with. So it's going to be way harder to trade him if um, he's hurt, obviously. So as if the if you're the Pelicans, like I was thinking, like dang, I'd almost take that fine over possibly Anthony Davis getting hurt and then getting nothing for him. Well, I'll, well. You know, of course, there was all the Lakers talks, but I also saw New York uh, almost being a destination mm-hmm. for uh, Davis. You know, possibly. well, they said it was decided that Porzingis didn't want to resign in New Orleans, and right. that's one thing that if you're New Orleans, I felt like that even if the Lakers gave up all those young guys, I would probably take that deal. But none of those guys are a marquee name. Right? Maybe they could be a marquee name seven years down the road. But if you're the Pelicans and you already have the lowest attendance in the NBA, you're going to want guys that sell tickets. Right. You know, you're going to want guys that are marquee names that are going to bring fans to the arena. And if you're Dell Demps, if you're the Pelicans, you know, management, you're thinking like, is Brandon Ingram, <laughs> is Kyle Kuzma, are they going to sell all these tickets? They're no marquee names. So that's why I was thinking they're probably going to wait to try to do a deal with maybe Boston so they could possibly get a marquee name in the offseason that's actually going to want to re-sign in New Orleans because that's a big part of it too. I mean, a lot of players don't want to play in New Orleans. Well, then you got to ask if Kyrie wants to still stay in Boston. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of questions right now. Too many questions for the NBA, and that's what you know the NBA has been really good about lately is just having those little narratives off the court that just makes the on-court game so much more special. Mm-hmm. You know, I love all the uh, pettiness that goes on between like Joel Embiid and Russell Westbrook. That that stuff is just <laughs> what makes the NBA the NBA. So, well, Joel Embiid yesterday he said like f the refs. <laughs> He's gonna hefty fine for uh, that. He was upset about mm-hmm. that no call on Al Horford down the stretch of that game, which. I was that that was a much needed win for the Celtics for sure, especially mm-hmm. with Kyrie being out. That was one that they needed on the road too. Mm-hmm. Sheesh! Because we oh, saw man. what they did the last two games. They blew that huge lead right. against the Lakers. The Lakers had got their franchise right, and the Lakers looked like the game before. They looked like they don't even belong on an NBA court. <laughs> you know, it turns around they go out and beat the Celtics. I started I started texting my buddy Ryan. I was like. You know, the Lakers, they might be making a run for this. I said, I know they got the second-hardest schedule in the league, but they got LeBron. <laughs> and then we see they go and lose to the Hawks, you know. And then 
from the Celtics standpoint, you lose to a Lakers team that's kind of distraught at this point. You blow a huge 18-point right. lead. You follow that up with a 28-point loss to the Clippers, or a 28-point blown lead to the Clippers. Right. You lose by 10. Um, morale had to have been down in that Celtics locker room. So I feel like they needed to win. But also, I felt like it was almost a, a must-win for the Sixers, even though they've been playing so well. They're only 1-7 this season against the Raptors, the Bucks and the Celtics. So they need a big marquee win against one of these top teams in the East, I feel like. And kudos to um, Philly management for getting Tobias Harris, man. That was a great pickup, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, he's an unselfish guy, played in the Clippers, played for the Clippers, so, you know, he was able to really work on his game and be that number one guy. And like I say, he's an unselfish guy, so if he goes to a team like Philly, you know, he doesn't need the ball as much. And that's what Embiid said in a post-game interview the other day is that he really enjoys um, – you know, when he's down there in the low post and then he gets double, he's able to kick it out to somebody who can knock down those shots. Mm-hmm. So I just love uh, Philly getting a dog and Tobias Harris. And I really see Philly, man, they, they're really close to making my prediction change of <laughs> Boston on, coming out the East. On paper, if you, if I look at every team on paper, I like the Sixers the most, especially their, starting, especially their starting lineup. All right. Especially their starting lineup. Now picking up Tobias Harris at first – I was like, that's an easy dub for the Clippers. Like, easy. They won that trade. I saw what they had to give up, and now I think it was pretty even be- compared to what the teams gave up because I feel like teams weren't really – I just feel like teams weren't really biting at Tobias Harris. This is a guy that his contract is up in the offseason. The Clippers weren't going to be able to re-sign him. They already offered him a deal last year, and he declined it. So he wasn't going to stay on the Clippers. I just feel like teams weren't really biting at getting this guy. And, you know, I have here, they had to give up Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, Landry Shamet, a 2020 first-round pick, a 2021 first-round pick, two second-round picks in that deal. So a lot went down into going into that deal. And that 2021 Miami first-rounder is one of the most coveted draft picks in the NBA right now. So I kind of feel like, in a way, it was a pretty big win for the Clippers. And as we've seen from the first two games that Tobias Harris played on it, on the 76ers, it was a pretty big win for the 76ers as well, even though I feel like they had to give up a lot to get him. I think it was definitely a win for the Clippers just because they're looking to get Kawhi next Mm -hmm. summer. And now they got these assets. Right. They can trade them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's also uh, a more desirable destination now that you have these guys. You know, Landry mm-hmm. Sham, he can get you a bucket from. For he, sure. He had eight threes earlier this season. So, you know, he could shoot the ball. And then Mike Muscala, he, you know, he gets you a bucket. You know, he's a tall, lengthy guy. Well, like, now he's on the Lakers. So. Oh, he's gone? Oh, dang. Well, <laughs> never mind. You didn't Forget even know him. that? <laughs> no, man. I don't watch the Clippers. What the heck? Well, they, they traded Muscala to the Clippers, right? And then, like, 20 minutes later, they traded him to the Lakers for Zubac. Well, hopefully that works. At least, you know, the point is that the Clippers, they're on the come up. And I like what they've been doing. I like what Steve Ballmer's been doing uh, lately. You know, I just see Ka- Kawhi possibly going there. I think he I think he will end up with the Clippers next summer. I think the Clippers, in my opinion, are a way more desirable destination than the Knicks. Both of these teams have the option to sign two max players. If I'm a player, I'm going to wear... A team. I'm going to a team that I know is a pretty well-run organization in the last two years. That's got an energetic owner, unlike James Dolan. Got Steve Ballmer, pretty energetic about his team, willing to spend money on his team, willing to give players a lot of money, and can put a lot of other guys around you at that point as well. I feel like they have a lot more better assets to trade for, to get other players, and to get young guys on their team. 
compared to the Knicks? Well, when comparing like the Knicks and the Clippers for a specific player, I, I just have to question what's their motivation. Is it winning? Is it money? Because if it's winning, I'm going to the Knicks because you can get your money. The Knicks? Yeah, I'm going to the Knicks. Who? The Knicks. I'm getting my money, and I'm in the East. Boy. We can make a run for the time. Hey, that's fine with me. I'm going to the – it's the changing of the guard right now. Is, is LeBron in the playoffs right now? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> then that's all you need to know <laughs> about the West, all right? The guy who's been there. The Clippers more in the playoffs than LeBron. Hey, I'm glad you know. But if you're the, the Kings next, more in the playoffs than LeBron. Shout out Kings. You already know we what we've been doing. Got Harrison Barnes. Who else we pick up? I'm out here making moves. Bro, we are making money <laughs> moves. Cardi B flow out there, man. I'm so happy for the Kings. But I if I'm if I'm comparing, I, I it just matters what the player's motivation is. If if it's K D, I just see his motivation being money at this point. Hey, if it's money, if it's winning, I'm going to the Clippers, all right? I'm I'm packing my bags up and going to you know Staples Center. Well, that's the thing. That's another thing. How much money are you trying to take? Because then now you have to question how much money do I have left for to sign? Well, one or two more guys. Mm-hmm. KD he's playing with four other guys right now, <laughs> so it just depends. But I see, I do see KD uh, seeing the Knicks as a more attractive destination than the Clippers right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of the reports would be saying too. Is that. Yeah. More than likely, the Knicks would be over the Clippers at this point. But I don't think you should count the you should discount the Clippers out from getting any of these big time free oh, agents because I just really like the situation that they have going on in LA right now. I think I think the biggest free agent to me right now is going to be Clay Thompson. That is my no one's talking about him either. That, that is the guy. He's that, not he's not even talking about himself. Right <laughs> he doesn't even speak. No, <laughs> but I see him. That's that's going to be the biggest move, whether he resigns or not. If he resigns. Then you know, all you need to know is Golden State running, st- still running things no, and for a they while can, now. Like they can re-sign him too. easily. Like, like, and he, I, I don't. Obviously, I don't know him personally. He doesn't talk a whole lot, but I feel like he's a guy that would take a pay cut. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I feel like he's he's like Draymond. I remember last season that his contract's up after this season. Last season he was like. I deserve the max, like, and I'd expected nothing less from Draymond to be saying something like that. Whereas Clay, I just, he seems like a guy that's just gonna go with the flow. I mean, what he signed with like and one shoes or something like that, or like New Balance or something somebody, like that. Like somebody uh, off the radar. Uh, I don't know. I was like, hold on. I was like, this guy is the type of guy. He he's just uh, honestly, straight up take a big old pay cut to stay on this team. Honestly, he's just comfortable in his own skin, mm-hmm. and I could see him trying to stay comfortable with the teammates that he has right now. I think, uh, you know, whenever there's turmoil on the team, you never really hear his name. He just goes out there and shoots that three ball. He doesn't even dribble. Hey, just, but w- just when, shoots. They, when they lose KD, he doesn't even have to worry about taking a pay cut. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> the the Spice Brothers, man, you, DeMarcus might stay. <laughs> he ain't stay, boy. If he stays, I'm going to be mad. Why? I, I wasn't mad last year. Honestly, I still probably won't even be that mad, but, like, low-key, I'll be pretty mad. In the NBA now, we've seen it all. It's hard to get mad at certain moves. <laughs> like, I, I think wouldn't be surprised. The, the last move I was really mad about was KD going. When DeMarcus signed, I was like, gonna, I said, they're going to win anyway. Like, <laughs> oh, well. The dang Warriors. No, I, the only move I would be mad is, like, if LeBron joined the Warriors. Like, what the <laughs> heck? I'm not watching the NBA. Forget my show. I really, I really might. I really might switch to full time NFL if that's the case. <laughs> I would switch. To, I'm switching to golf. I'm, sw- I'm switching to the a- AAF or whatever. <laughs> Screw NBA at that point, bro. I would be upset. But 
other than that, I I don't really don't get mad at moves anymore, man. For sure. Hey, let's go over some more trades here really quickly. What you got um, for me? Another big one, I think this is probably the next biggest one that happened, was the Mark Gasol trade um, to Toronto. Um, Mark, uh, the Grizzly, or the excuse me, the Raptors, they lost Valanchunas, right? CJ Miles in a 2024 second rounder, and the Raptors, they picked up Mark Gasol. What did you think of this move, Perry? Uh, with CJ Miles, I didn't really see him playing that much this season, so it is it doesn't seem like that'll be too much of a significant drop off for the Raptors in that position. You know, you got Kawhi, um, you got guys like Danny Green, all all guys that could play the three mm-hmm. the three position. So I wouldn't be worried about that. But as far as like basically the exchange between Marcus Hall and uh, Jonas Valanciunas, I think you're you're exchanging skill for effort. And I think that's what Valanciunas was. He's just an effort rebounder. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that uh, Marcus Hall is able to mesh well with those guys. You saw. Well, you're get, I mean, you're getting like a seasoned vet yeah. in a guy like Marcus Hall. He's been in the playoffs yeah. plenty of times. You know, did you see the video about him not knowing the warm-ups? No. That mug was funny, <laughs> man. They was on the ground doing their usual warm-ups. He was just standing up, just <laughs> awkward. So hopefully, hopefully it works. I don't know if it will, but you're definitely getting an all-star, so that's a plus to any I team. Feel like, I feel like he's a guy that would fit in pretty seamlessly with like anywhere he went. Um, so I feel like Toronto would be no different, especially with the organization that they have ran in Toronto right now. Um, for me, when I first saw the deal, I liked it. Like If I had to rate the deal, I'd give it like a B, B-plus in that range. But for me, it's like giving up those three guys and getting Mark Gasol. I'm glad they didn't give up any of their main guys on their bench. Because they got a really good bench, and they didn't give up some of their top guys that they have. Mm-hmm. But it's like for me, how much does Mark Gasol really add when you take these three guys out and add Mark Gasol in? Well, I think that a lot of people forget that he was a 2013 Defensive Player of the Year, and of course that was probably a down year. Well, that was six years ago. That's that's <laughs> fine, but I th- I think he brings a lot of intangibles to this team. You know, just mm-hmm. communication on defense. Yeah, and you know, I mean he's still like a he's still a good player. That's why I'm giving it a B. Right. But it's I just keep thinking like how much more is he really going to get you over the hump? Is what I'm is what I'm thinking, and we won't know until we find out. Mm-hmm. And it's just all about situation for most players, unless you're like LeBron James. But if you're Marcus Hall, you just gotta hope that you're fitting in well with this offense. You have your number one guy, Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't, you know, need the ball too much to be effective. And then you have uh, Kyle Lowry, who's also, you know, a ball handler that's not too selfish. So I I definitely could see a fitting, but I just don't know personality-wise, if it's going to fit or not. Mm-hmm. All right, now, Perry, let's get to one last trade before we have to go. We're running a little overtime right talking now. Talking about Harrison Barnes. We're not talking uh, about Harrison I, Barnes, man. Yeah, All right, yeah. hey, one last trade. This was actually my favorite trade of the trade deadline. Where'd I you pull it to the Lakers? Yep, that was it. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> no, no, I feel like this trade, the team that got this guy, I feel like he will do the most of their team out of any trade. And um, that was the Nikola Miritich. For basically Thon Maker and Stanley Johnson, um, I feel like when when I first saw that happen, I was like, you know what? That is exactly the type of guy that the Bucks need—a guy that can play crunch time for you in a big time playoff game, can come up big just like he did with New Orleans in two or three games last year in that first round series against the Blazers, where he had over 28 points. I feel like this is a guy that can get it done for you in crunch time in the playoffs. 
um, that can be that stretch four position. And I just really like that move for the Bucks. Why not uh, Jabari Parker to the Wizards? <laughs> you should be happy about Jabari. that. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But uh, Miritich, man, he's a great compliment to um, Giannis's game. You know, Giannis, he he's not a three point shooter. You know, he's working on it, but he's not there yet. He's more of a guy that likes to dominate. Uh, on the inside, so he's going to see a lot of double teams, especially in the playoffs, because mm-hmm. he's, he's basically the main ball handler. So having that spot up shooter, yeah, you need on that perimeter, kick out spot up, exactly. Guy. And I think Miritich is perfect for that. I think he got a lot of practice with that with AD and uh, mm-hmm. New Orleans, and also with Boogie too. Whenever he was there, so I think this is a perfect fit, and I definitely could see how how uh, you could say that he's the probably the most effective trade that happened mm-hmm. over the deadline um well, and like in this new nba new age era of nba when you're playing five out a lot of these times you're playing golden state warriors basketball right. i feel like the addition of miritich throwing him in throwing him in at the four putting brooke lopez at the five and Giannis at his normal three position i feel like you can run a pretty good five out with those three guys and have a pretty successful right. lineup. I, I'm not sure if the addition of those three guys on the court at the same time is going to work, but I'm really intrigued to see how that lineup is going to work. I think it'll work if they make it work. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think it's definitely not something you can just force and like, hey, Miritich, go hang out with Giannis and just go yeah. get some buckets. <laughs> no, it's not going to work like that. It's going to take some time, but I definitely do see it being a plus for them in the playoffs because um, – any team needs more shooting. Every team needs more shooting. Yeah. So I definitely see Miritich bring that to this team, and they're the number one seed. I'm I'm pretty sure they still are, yeah. and they can definitely. Um, I mean, they got the best record in the league by like three games in the loss column right now. Hey, they're the best team. Giannis is um, my still my leading MVP candidate. He's I know, mine too. I know a lot of people are saying Harden right now, but Paul I, George is creeping up. Paul too. George is the real deal, man. man hey. We gotta we gotta cut it off soon. But if I had to do MVP, my three would uh, my two would be Giannis and Paul George. One two right now. Hey, before the season started, I said I got OKC finishing number two, and it's definitely a possibility. It's looking, right now. it's looking like it. Hey, it's man. looking with this Nugget slide. It's looking like it. Hey, Westbrook, keep missing. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it comes down to. Hey, but the Lakers beat him when you saw him though. So hey, man, that's okay. <laughs> all right, man. So that's all the trades we're going to go over today. We're in a little bit over time. Going to miss a little bit of class, but that's all right. I'm sure they won't care too Forget much. Class. Forget <laughs> class. Make sure to check us out tomorrow on the Drop and Dime show on X106 from 4 to 6. We'll be going over a lot, probably some more trades that went down, probably recapping a lot of this information, and also talking about some all-star talk because we had the all-star first annual all-star draft televised last week so we'll be going over our opinions of that and even do another mock draft just like we did last year with our own all-star teams stay tuned for that tomorrow you're listening to the drop and dimes podcast for perry randall i'm noah cooper and we out